Hey, we're Todd and Kristen. Join us as we learn to become fearless in love. Welcome to the Fearless in Love podcast. We're glad that you have joined us. And I think we have a good episode here today. And as you know, if you've been listening, been following along, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about flourishing in relationship. And that is uh, kind of the reason that we were doing that is that we have a vision for our relationship. And that vision was that we want to flourish through covenant connection for powerful kingdom purposes. So we want to flourish through covenant connection for powerful kingdom purposes. (laughs) So we had several weeks of flourishing. And today we're going to go into the covenant connection Mm -hmm. discussion. And we're going to focus on that for the next two, three weeks. And Kristen was going to share today. uh, This is an area that she has a lot of passion for and communicates really well around this topic. And so she is going to be taking the lead this week. So excited to hear what you have to say. (laughs) Thank you, honey. Yes, yes. So this week we're talking about covenant connection and covenant connection really is describing what the sexual connection is designed for. It is designed to display covenant love. So that's the big idea we want you to understand is that sex really is designed to display or to show what covenant love looks like and what that covenant love looks like with Jesus. So it points us to him. So that's just kind of a a big picture. I do. And we've talked about this really sprinkled in throughout all of our podcasts. But back in episode four, we talked about God's design for sex. And so there's a lot in that that will probably, if you listen to that, this some of this may sound familiar. Um, it will also hit a little bit differently too. There'll be some different things. But I do want to encourage you to listen to that episode as well. So what I want to start with today is really going once again back to the perfection of the garden and the beauty of the garden because it was in the garden that God made man and woman. He made them in his image. And what was the first thing he charged them with, the man and woman? It was to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and rule over it. This is in the midst of the beauty of the garden. And he he made a way for that to happen. And it was through one flesh connection. It was through sex. And so sex, I just want us to remember it was, it was designed by God in the beauty of the garden. It was part of his beauty. In fact, God says after he created man and woman and after he told them to be fruitful and multiply after all that part, he says he looked at what he had made and he called it very good. Everything before that was good and it was good. Here he says it was very good. So it's beautiful. It's this beautiful, beautiful gift God has given. And he, again, he blessed 
the union. He blessed union. And when we go into chapter two of Genesis, so that's all you see that in chapter one, in chapter two of Genesis, you see where God says it was not good for man to be alone. And as we have pondered that, we really believe that man could not fulfill the plan that God had for him without bringing the woman. For one thing, man and woman both display who God is. They're both image bearers of God. And also to be able to create more image bearers, to multiply these image bearers on the earth, man could not do that alone. He needed woman. And so he brought this beautiful, beautiful woman. He made this woman from the man. He made her and he brought her to the man. And the Bible tells us for this reason, man would leave his father and mother and become one flesh with his wife and they would live naked without shame. So that is how the creation count finishes, is that the man and woman would become one flesh, they would become husband and wife, and they would live naked and without shame, fully known and fully loved, and free to experience oneness and connection with God in the garden and with one another. So here we have the man and woman becoming husband and wife, and then this one flesh connection is where there's there's a sealing of these two bodies coming together to become one. And that is, that is a picture that two becoming one, one flesh, it represents the reality of what happens in the marriage vows. So in the marriage vows, we promise ourselves to one another. I am giving all myself to all of you for life And that, so really, when we think about the ceiling of two bodies coming together, that one flesh connection, it really is a picture of what I'm saying with my words, I'm also saying with my whole self, with my body and my whole self. So our bodies are speaking the truth of what we have said with our words. I give all myself to all of you forever. And again, that I give all myself to all of you forever that I will never leave nor forsake you that we say in our marriage vows, basically in one way or another, we say that that is covenant language. And that is what God says to us when we receive him, when we receive Jesus, as our Lord and savior, he tells us he will never leave nor forsake us. And God, he uses marital imagery, which I think is really interesting too. He uses this marital imagery throughout the Bible in relationship with him. So there's just, you'll see as we continue to go to, there's just a constant connection between what we see with husband and wife and with our relationship with Jesus. Okay. So I think it's really important to understand. And what I feel like God has been telling me over and over and over again is how much he loves union. So he loves union and he loves devotion. And we know he loves union really as we, I mean, when we look at the whole of the Bible, we can, we can see his, his devotion to us and his pursuit of us and how he wants to be one with us. And the biggest display 
that that is true is that he, after sin entered the world, in Genesis 3, we see sin entered the world. And so what did he do to make sure we could stay united with him and be restored back to that relationship with him? He sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have our relationship with him restored. We could stay so connected to him, united with him. And the beauty of really seeing that clearly is that he tells us in his word that as we, when we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and we receive that gift, we repent from our sins and we receive his forgiveness and that gift that he's given us, what happens? His Holy Spirit indwells us. So we truly become one with Jesus which I think is incredibly powerful. And when you think about the devotion God has for us and the devotion he wants us to have for him, I think it's interesting too, because you think about the 10 commandments and you think about how he says, you shall have no other gods before me. So he truly wants to be first in our lives. He's a jealous God in the best way possible. He is a jealous God because he wants all of our devotion as he's given all of himself to us. He wants us to give all of ourselves to him. And he tells us to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so that is a beautiful picture of how much he wants to be intimately connected to us. You know, he is a God of union. He is a God of devotion. We can see that, I think, so clearly. And I think about singleness. You know, those people who are listening who are single, that's really why I think Paul talks about what a gift singleness is because single people, they truly, I mean, just as Paul says, like they're tr- they truly have the opportunity to give all their energies to truly following and seeking the Lord without any distractions whatsoever. And so, I, I mean, that really is a beautiful, and if, if whether it's a season of life or, you know, a whole lifetime, I just, I think as we really realize that God is someone who really does want to be so intimately connected to us, we can have such a powerful relationship with him, as we all should, married or not married. But I just think that is an encouragement to people who are single, that that really... That's, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about that more at the end too, but that's just, it's just so incredibly powerful and to have that intimate relationship with him because he loves us so much. As we have talked many, many times, I, I do want to, I can't talk about covenant connection without once again reading Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. This is again, quoting back to Genesis For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. So we can see through those verses that this one flesh union is meant to put on display our relationship with Jesus, which again is a covenant love. 
It's a love that I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm committed to you and only you for life. So with that in mind, with that verse in mind and that truth in mind, I want to just revisit some of the big ideas we've talked about over episodes of the podcast as well. When we think about sex, sex is an act of giving your whole self to another. So it's not about something I can get, but it's about something I can give. I can give my whole self to you. Both husband and wife can give our whole selves to one another and this and in love, in love. And as we as we do that, we can think about how that's exactly what Jesus did. Like he gave all of himself. He literally died. He gave of himself so that we could be connected to him. And so it's such a beautiful picture of that. And then what do we do in return with him as we experience this love that he's given to us? We return that love with a giving of ourselves, with devotion to him. So sex is also this giving and receiving of of love. It's a picture of the giving and receiving of the love of Christ. And a man's pursuit is meant to image a God who pursues us out of love and gives of himself, which is a picture of I mean, a little bit of what I just mentioned. But And then a woman is meant to receive. And I mean, our anatomies actually show this. A woman is meant to receive and to respond to this love, this love of their husband. And we have to open ourselves to receive God's love, and we have to open ourselves to receive our husband's love. And again, it's not, it's not a passive act. It's an active receiving. It is choosing to open ourselves to receive the love of my husband and to then in return love him back which is just like it is with Jesus. We have to actively pursue relationship with him and understand how much he loves us and just and then we can respond to that love actively. Also sex is meant is created to be a life-giving union. So there is fruit from this union just like there's fruit there's much fruit from this union the sexual experience between man and woman there it's meant to bear fruit it's meant to bear fruit it can absolutely bear fruit of children <laughs> which is a huge part of it it also bears fruit in relationship in we're connected we're you know we're experiencing just a connection with one another that bears fruit in our lives, not only for our relationship, but for our outward experience with, with people around us as well, because we have that connectedness at home. Obviously, also, the really cool thing is our relationship with Jesus is a life-giving union. So Jesus, the Holy Spirit, indwells us, and he literally gives us new life. He brings life to us. It's this river of living water. That's how it's described in the Bible is the spirit is this living river of living water moving in and through us. And so it's life giving the spirit of God in us is life giving. So again, there's just that beautiful parallel. I love that. And lastly, we've talked about it a lot already, but it is in covenant. It's a promise of never leaving nor forsaking. So what I think is really cool is 
we can see through this example and then throughout the Bible that God uses creation to reveal more of himself. So everything in the created world by God, we can look at and find something that God wants to show us about him, about his character, a spiritual truth, just something about God. So creation reveals Jesus. Creation reveals God, which I think is something really important. I've been, as I've realized that and been studying that and just pondering that, I'm just, it's like my eyes are being so open to that more and more. It's just really cool. I love it so much. So creation being both the physical world and also the relational world, which we can see. I mean, this is what we've been talking about is the relationship between husband and wife being showing us spiritual truths about our relationship with Jesus. So in that mindset of this physical picture, I want to say again, that sex is this, it is like a physical picture. It's like a symbol or a physical picture of oneness that is designed to be for a lifetime. Oneness is never to be broken, right? So it is something that should last a lifetime forever. And that's why marriage is so important to God, I really believe, because it is meant to be a forever connection, just a forever commitment, a forever covenant love, a forever oneness, because that's what our relationship with Jesus is. Once we give our lives to him, he he gives us the seal of the Holy Spirit. Like we are sealed in him and he will never leave or forsake us. And so we have that forever covenant love with God that he really wants us to understand through marriage and wants us to display through marriage. So marriage and sex both are a picture of oneness for a lifetime, which is a small glimpse into the oneness we will experience with Jesus forever. And there's not going to be marriage in heaven, which seems sad at first glance, (laughs) for sure. But the reality is there's not going to be marriage in heaven because there's not going to be a need for the picture because we're going to have the real thing. We will have union with Jesus for eternity. So we no longer are going to have to have this picture on earth. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Is that amazing? Yeah. I was just with some um, friends this last, over the last weekend. And one of the gals, we were talking about unity and she said that she heard a pastor growing up that would always say unity is the secret of God. And I was like, Oh, I know it's true. I know it's true because I feel like as I have asked him so much about sex and you know, just in my time with him as we've studied for the podcast. And I feel like he's always telling me, I love union. I love union. And I can see that because he is a God that is united to us and he wants us to be united with one another as husband and wife. And he wants us to be united as the body of Christ. So it's really powerful. Yes. Well, well, thank you so much. I, I didn't say anything in that entire podcast, except maybe one time I may have said Ooh, or um, or something like that. <laughs> Outside of that, I didn't say anything. But what I did do during the whole time was smile at Kristen and nod my head. <laughs> and and I wanted her to just be able to have the freedom to communicate those things that she had on her heart. Because I think 
those truths are so powerful. And I didn't want to interrupt her as she was doing that because I think there was just such clarity in, in what you were communicating. And, and I think there is just so much power in shifting our minds to think about both marriage and sex as something that demonstrates a covenant connection. Mm-hmm. Something that is meant to display something bigger you know, that, that, like you said, that relationship between Christ and the church, but also just for a, a husband and wife to really look at that union as a giving and receiving of love. Mm-hmm. And I think it gets twisted so much and we focus on so many different things and all of that gets in the way of really experiencing, I think, the fullness of what God intended with the one flesh connection mm-hmm. that I think if we can just break it down to its simplest form and really truly look at that and experience it as a giving and receiving of love in covenant mm-hmm. that says, I will never leave nor forsake you. Mm-hmm. There's security. Mm-hmm. There's freedom. Mm-hmm. There's creates an environment where, surrender is possible because there is so much trust. Yes. And so Mm -hmm. just that simple switch of mindset and vision can truly just have a profound impact on relationship Mm. and experience. Amen. Amen. So thank you so much for sharing all of that and everyone who's listening. I think there is a lot to ponder in that and just encourage you, you know, this next week, just really ponder those truths that, that Kristen shared and begin to ask that question for those of you who are married be, begin to ask that question. How can I shift my mind and also my actions to one that displays love mm, Yeah, and see what happens? I think it can feel like something that, just seems too simple to be true, like too simple to mm-hmm. really Change make things. a difference. Mm-hmm. But I think like for us, when we started to realize it, we realized how you know, much that, that really wasn't our understanding and focus. Mm-hmm. And when that shift started to take place for us, it really did change mm-hmm. everything for us. Mm-hmm. And so just encourage you to, mm-hmm. to really you know, dive into that and see what God does. Yeah. A- Men. Yes. So just one more reminder, because this coming Saturday, Julie Slattery, Dr. Julie Slattery is coming to Lincoln, Nebraska to do a rethinking sexuality conference and it will be life changing. It will be so powerful. I have a couple quotes from her here that just are from one of her books and it kind of summarizes what I talked about today. And one of the quotes is sexual intimacy is an earthly metaphor for God's covenant love. And the other one is God created sexuality and marriage as a physical experience that reveals to us the spiritual truth of how he loves us. 
So I think that just kind of summarizes what we talked about today as well. And again, just want to encourage you to come out um, this Saturday. It's from nine to four and it is at First Free Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. So you can go to the First Free Church website and just register online for the Rethinking Sexuality Conference. And I know you will be so thankful that you did. So we hope to see you there. Yeah. So we look forward to talking to you next time. Until then. Together, let's learn to love fearlessly. Fearlessly.